Welcome to Free Life Chapel, where we help you discover and live the free life in Christ. My name is Bria, and we are so excited that you decided to join us here today. Make sure that you get connected with us by commenting below and liking our page. You can also go to our website at freelifechapel.org, where you can find out more about what's going on. But until then, we have an amazing experience for you. So check this out. these supplies have been in use today that is what you call a mac daddy chainsaw right there it takes a group of five men to carry that thing uh it is it is massive uh believe it or not we needed that uh, to handle some of the trees that we've been uh, that we've been working on uh some of you are very familiar with generators amen amen all that good stuff it's been a crazy time hurricane ian this week as you know rocked florida rocked the carolinas People going through things that they didn't anticipate less than a week ago. It's amazing how quickly things can change, isn't it? Had a lot of plans. All of a sudden, those plans don't matter. Just like that. Calm on Tuesday, disaster on Wednesday. It's amazing how, how fast things can turn. And by the way, it affects the poor and the wealthy together. Did you notice that? Did you notice that the, the storm did not go around Republicans and just hit Democrats? It hit independents. It hit everybody. It hit black folk, white folk, brown folk. It hit all the folk. It hit vaxxed and unvaxxed. Yes, it did. It, it actually did. It sure did. It, it, hit, it hit everybody. It, it, it non-discriminatory. Straight, LBGTQ+. It just did not. It didn't care. It came and it let educated, uneducated, everybody. It's non-discriminatory. See, there's some things that we learn about storms. Number one, they don't care. Number two, storms are both predictable and unpredictable. You kind of see some things coming sometimes. You kind of see them coming. Thank God for technology today, but then... Like we saw this past weekend, then it moves, then it shifts, it changes course. And so what we thought we knew, then we don't know. It's amazing. And, and then we begin to track it from there. Storms hit everybody. And guess what? Storms are inevitable. They're coming. Even though we live our lives as if we're never going to have one, they're coming. You see, storms happen more than just hurricanes, more than just tsunamis. More than just tornadoes. I'm talking about storms that hit life. How many of you know life can punch as hard as a hurricane can? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, it comes at all of us that way. It interrupts life, unplanned things, unwanted things, expensive things, damaging things, deadly things. And it comes loaded with fear and uncertainty. I don't mind telling you, I, I, when we were going live on Facebook on, on, on Wednesday night, we went live several times. Caleb and I were in the house, and we were trying to encourage you. And the truth is, while I was talking to you, I'm trying to encourage myself. Because I hear that wind whipping around my house. All y'all on the north side of Lakeland, good for you. The south side, it, we were in a washing machine. And I'm not saying you didn't go anything up here, but I'm just saying it was nuts down there. Probably nuts up here. Too. I'm just, it was just crazy what was happening. I'm like, Jesus, 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 Jesus. It was, it was nuts, but I just want to keep the storm outside, keep the peace inside. And then as soon as we finished live Facebook, come on, Scott, keep the storm outside, keep the peace inside. Because life, circumstances, things you see, hear, feel, it has a way of getting on the inside of our lives. It hits all of us that way. Uncertainty and fear. It's a part of life. It's when life hits, it, it hits hard and it, it's a sucker punch. It's, you, you're unprepared for it many times. 
And, and, and we have to be careful. It's, it's almost like ignoring the warnings that a storm is coming. Ignoring it like it's never going to happen to me. I'm always going to be all right. Nothing ever happens to me. That, that's called prideful. And, and we just run our lifestyles as if we are never going to go through anything in life. That's, that's crazy. And then, and then you know, so you went to public probably like I did. And you noticed all the bread was gone. I need to know, are you eating all of those carbs now? I need to know who took it all. Who took it all? Because at my house, we ate all of our carbs in the first two hours, and I was walking the house. I was pacing the house like, oh, my God, what do I do with these Cheetos that I've got in my system now? But you see, when the shelves go empty, watch this. The resources you depended on are gone. You go to get it, and it's not there anymore. Resources of friends, they can disappear on you. Storms, finances, gone, just like that. Job that you thought was good, the marriage that you thought was solid, boom, gone. What do you do with that? Oh, and then, then the homes get damaged, right? That, that's, I'm talking about life storms. I'm not even talking about hurricanes, but, but, but homes get damaged where the marriage isn't strong enough to handle the storm that blew in. And now the marriage get, gets rocked off its foundation. Oh, and then, and then the transportation, it's sitting outside, it's, it's made to go somewhere, but all of a sudden the circumstances, the floodwaters are coming up around it, and now you can't even go anywhere with the vehicle that's supposed to take you somewhere, so now you're stuck in life, you can't move, and you're now in a cycle, and you got all the capacity, but I'm going nowhere, I'm smiling big, but I'm dying inside because I'm stuck, and then you lose your power on top of that, now living in the dark, no power to my life, I'm saying the right things, I'm trying to do the right things, but the truth truth is everything is shut down on the inside it's it's when life when the storms of life blow in it's just like we experience on the outside this is why Jesus died to birth the church here's the good news the church of Jesus Christ is his idea of the answer for all of these things that we're facing and dealing with this is God's answer the church everyone shout the church in Matthew chapter 16 Jesus is talking to his disciples He's hitting it with them, and he's like, we got we to talk about some things. I, I need, to, need to know where you are. And he looks at his disciples. These are his boys who know him, who have been there while the miracles are going on. He looks at his disciples, and he goes, who do people say that I am? Who, who does culture say that I am? I, I wonder what you're hearing. And, and, and they begin to give response. He, he wanted to know, are you hearing what culture says about me? Culture's opinion is not always good, not always right about God. And so Jesus wanted to know what they said. And then he flips it and he goes, okay, that's fine. I need to know who you say that I am. He wasn't wondering, just, just juxtapose the difference. He said, I'm just wondering if you allow culture to get in you or if you are the one getting in culture. Are you letting TikTok get in your head and decide your opinion about my life, about my faithfulness, about truth, about my word, how to live your world? Or, or are you standing despite all the pressure from the outside? Have you learned to stand strong because my word is the way, the truth, the life? There's no way to God except through me. I, I just wonder what is going on inside of you. I, I, I need to know that it's culture affecting your opinion about how to serve me. I, I wonder, are you still divided by race or are you united by grace? Which one have you decided to live your life by? Are you going to differentiate and separate off into multiple people groups and divide the church? Or are you going to realize, had it not been for the grace of God that saved me and saved you and saved them and said, none of us would be here. We're family. We're one. There's one race, the human race. We're blood-bought by Jesus Christ. Thank you, Jesus. 
Look around. That's what makes this, this house so powerful, so beautiful. Look, celebrate your culture. I think that's wonderful. There's something beautiful about our differences that brings the creativity of God alive. I love what we experience and all that, but I don't worship my culture. I worship Jesus. I worship his word. I've changed from a culture focus to a kingdom focus, and that's a different level now. That's why I don't have to fight anybody. I love you because I'm after what he said about you, not just my opinion, and especially not what culture thinks. Jesus dove into it. He said, I need to know what you think about me. Culture's opinion, or have you experienced something that culture doesn't know? And then he goes here. He starts in verse 16. He, the Bible says, Simon, Simon Peter answered, because Jesus said, who do you say that I am? Simon says, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. Let's say that more time. Ready? One, two, three. You are the Messiah, the son of the living God. That, that means you are the savior. You're the answer. You're the only way out. You're the hope of everything. You're the foundation of all of life. Messiah, the one who can save and put everything back in order. You are the Messiah, the son of the living God. Jesus replied, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah. For this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my Father in heaven. He says, it took a relationship with my daddy for you to understand that. You didn't learn that on the streets. You didn't just find that out in home. You weren't just taught that. That's revelation, not information. That's revelation. You've got something going on between my, heaven and your heart, and God has revealed this thing to you. Look what he says in verse 18. Ready? Here we go. One, two, three. And I tell you that you are Peter. And on this rock, I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overcome. Stop! There's just way too much here. i got to just show you something real quick. I tell you that you are Peter. The word Peter there is Petros. His original name was Simon, and Jesus changed his name to Petros. Simon, many scholars say, means a pebble, like a small little pebble, a little stone. But now he says, but now you are Petros, which is a large stone, a rock. In other words, he got an upgrade because of his understanding as to who Jesus was. You're no longer a pebble. Now you're something solid. He says, you, you are now a solid foundation, and I will build my church. Ah, here's what's so powerful. This is the first place the word church is mentioned in the Bible. I will build my church, and guess what? The word church in the original language is, this, is this, this word that means a gathering. It's a gathering of decision makers. It's the same word. It's the same word that is utilized. It's, it's not a religious thing for those who would gather together in order to vote in a city, that they're making decisions for their city, like a city council. It's the ecclesia, a gathering of people with authority to make decisions and decrees over something. Jesus is saying this. You are Peter, you're a rock, and on this rock, and that rock is a different one, which means a multiplicity of all of you coming together, which becomes a massive foundation, I will build my church. The gathering of all of those who have authority, who have the ability to decide some things in life, who can decree some things in life, not living under the decrees of culture, but living up to the decrees of God's kingdom. As we, That's why it's important that you're here on Sundays. You're not just an individual little rock out there. 
But when we come together, we become a foundation that culture can put its weight on. That when its answers run out and it realizes that nothing that they've been saying is working, they come in and they find there's hope and love and embrace and life and truth and standards and hope and joy and promises and future and mercy and grace is fully alive in this place because we're all coming together side by side repping the king and his kingdom. This is what Jesus is telling him. And watch this. He says this. And the gates of hell will not prevail against you. Gates, plural. Gates are the place where judges would stand and they would issue decrees. If you went to court with somebody, you went to the gates and they would issue decrees at the gates. The Bible is saying that the authorities of hell that are trying to control you, they will not prevail against the church. The place where we are gathered together. Not if you separate. Have you ever heard the banana that gets away from the bunch gets peeled? You'll get that later. It's a real heavy spiritual truth. I'm just, I'm just saying that when we come together, you're a part of a body that becomes stronger together. But watch this. The gates of hell will not prevail. You know what that means? That the gates of hell is reaching and chasing and coming after the church who is leading in culture. The church is not behind trying to catch up. The move of God is strong and leading and, 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 and victorious. The gates of hell is coming after trying to pull the church down and back. He says, the gates of hell will not prevail against the church. And then he goes on to say this. I love this and I'm done. Verse 19, I will give you the keys of the kingdom. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Watch this. He says, I'm giving you keys from heaven. What are key, keys, plural? Why not just one key? Because it's not just one key for all of it. There's multiple gates of hell that are coming to try to stop the church. So heaven releases every key you need in order to open or close whatever you need in life. This is what the, Jesus said. I'm exactly reversing this whole thing. Have you ever wanted to go somewhere? You needed to go really quick, but you couldn't find your keys. How do you know what you did? You didn't go. Because unless you find your keys, you ain't going anywhere. Jesus said, when you are a part of my house, of the gathered ones who are foundational, I'm putting keys in your hands that will open things up when the enemy says you can't have it, when culture says it's never going to work, watch us. And when they say that you're not supposed to this, you can't, watch us. We have keys that are not natural. I don't have to battle anything in our culture. I go straight to heaven and I appeal to heaven and let God get involved and begin to open those doors because we know he's the Messiah, the way, the truth, the life. He is the door. That's what we do. The church is strong and advancing is what I'm trying to tell you. And it's such a joy to be a part of the church of Jesus Christ. That's who we are. Somebody shout, that's who we are. Yes. I was in the gym yesterday doing my cardio after lifting. I'm on the treadmill and they got TVs up and I'm watching on Bay News 9. And I saw something that took my breath. I literally had to get up and start, I literally, while I was walking, I was started wiping tears. Because I saw the Tampa Police Department and all their high water vehicles and rescue teams, all their equipment, like a parade driving in the Northport. 
They were going in, and as they're just coming down, they had the lights on, and, man, they're just filing by. They had some big stomping four-wheelers. Man, those ATVs look so nice. But they had the, these big old things and big high-water stuff that you would see at River Ranch. Like they go in mud and like they had some massive, and it was just boss, man, these big tires. It was amazing. As they're coming in, they're just this, 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 just this line. The people in Northport, the citizens that were living there, that they were showing up for, were standing on the street corners, clapping and cheering as the policemen were driving in with all of this transportation, all this assistance, all this help. And all of a sudden, that's when the tears hit my eyes. You see, here's what's up. When hope arrives to a place that's been devastated, all you can do is say thank you and live in gratitude. There was nobody checking who votes for who or what your party was. or We just know help is here. Ladies and gentlemen, that's who the church is supposed to be. We're supposed to be driving Jesus and hope and life inside of people's storm places, torn up homes and torn up minds where they've lost joy, lost hope. Things are crashing and burning. Say, we're not here to judge. I'm not here to check anything about your identity. We love you just like you are right where you are. How can we serve? How can we help? The love of Jesus reached me. Let the love of Jesus reach you. That's our job. That's who we are. People don't care where you come from when you show up with hope and help and answers. That's the game changer. The, the church, the church is Jesus' storm team. We're, we're, we are the responders in, in, in this storm team. That's what we do. People are having storms every day. I'm not talking about Ian. I'm talking about people you work with now. I'm talking about your neighbors People who your kids are playing ball with at the Y. I'm talking about families that you know. People are in storms in their life. And, and just like the storm teams that we're seeing, there's first responders. These folks are in there and they're rescuing the lost. The, the people who are, who are out there sitting on top of their homes are pulling them out. And they're using helicopters to get them out of there. The, there's the first responders. And then there's the medical personnel. Thank God for these men and women who are then able to help those who have been wounded, damaged, hurt. And they're healing the wounds. And then, then you've got the linemen. Man, thank God for the linemen who are out there climbing these poles and dealing with electricity. And putting their lives on the line day in and day out. But they're out there working these things, restoring power, restoring light back to people's lives. Then there's the relief team. These are people who are going in with food to serve and to meet the immediate needs of people and sustain them, give them hope while everything is being put back together. That sounds like the church to me. That's who we are. We rescue the lost. We heal the injured. We restore power and light Jesus, the light of the world. We turn the lights on in their life, and we go in to serve them, to meet the needs, and to feed their hearts and their lives, sustain them while they're in these scenarios of life. You see, if the church doesn't rush into the storms, then there's no hope. There's no help. What are we doing? We gather on Sundays and pat ourselves on the back for checking off our Christian box. And so all of a sudden, whew, man, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a Christian. You see, we got to stop going to church and start being the church. Church in God's economy is a verb. It moves. It's active. I think next Sunday I'm going to take all the padding off of your seat so you don't get too comfortable in it. Because you shouldn't sit there too long. There, there's a storm team all through the Bible. David, little boy, shepherd boy. 
He goes to the battle, big, ugly. Goliath is out there. Israel's on one side. You've got Philistines on the other side. And everyone's afraid to go out and face Goliath. And David goes, is there not a cause? Is there not a reason we should be going and dealing with this situation? And David, despite his youth, went and did what people twice his age would were, were, were refuse to do. He faced the giant and won a victory for the entire nation. Rahab, Rahab, she, th- th- this girl right here, th- the hoe from Jericho, do you understand? That's this girl right here, she risked her life in order to bring in the spies from Israel to discover how Israel could defeat J- Jericho and win a mighty battle. And they did, and when she did, she was over, she said, I know my reputation is bad, but I think God can still use my life anyway. She didn't discount herself. She was willing to move, just do something with what, and all of a sudden she saved her family and saved Israel. What about Joseph? Oh, you don't know him by the name of Joseph. But in the New Testament, this guy named Joseph, he had land. He went and sold the land and brought all the money to the church. He said, use this in order to push the gospel forward. I'm bringing something ridiculous. I'm giving it all. And it was so powerful that God changed his name from Joseph to Barnabas. Barnabas, his name means son of consolation. You shot hope all through the church. And you're making my name famous because now the reach and the resources has empowered the gospel to go. What about the four lepers who were locked out of Israel because there was a siege laid by the Syrian army around Israel. And the lepers weren't even allowed in the city because they had leprosy. They were contagious. So they're locked out. And one leper looks at the other three. And he goes, why sit here till we die? Let's march into the enemy's camp. Maybe they'll have mercy on us and give us some food. Who knows? And as they got up and started walking, no weapons, no capacity to fight. It was a, it was a suicide mission. The Bible says God amplified their footsteps and the Syrian army thought that there was armies coming in that they had been overwhelmed and the Syrians ran for their lives and four lepers walked in with biscuits and gravy still on the oven. You understand? It was like hooked them up. They won a massive victory for all of Israel. What about Mary? A little little teenage girl who was approached by God and said, Mary, will you give me your life so I can do something through thee that will affect time and eternity? And she said, here I am. Have your way with me. And now we know Jesus as our personal Savior because a little girl said, I'm leveraged for the kingdom, whatever I have. Time is short. Eternity is forever. I'm living for that, not just this. See, there's, it's, not, it's not superstars in the Bible. It's just p- people that are willing to move. Would you turn to three folk and tell them all you got to do is move? All you got to do is move. That's all you got to do is move. This is, this is smart water. Anybody like smart water? I think I definitely need to be drinking more of it. Sure, I'll test later and see if I'm smarter. <laughs> Pretty good. Hmm. It's a little different than smart water.
Do you notice the difference between the two? If, if you go to a restaurant and you tell them you want water, especially if it's a fancy restaurant, do you want still or bubbly? <laughs> Me, I want still because I don't like bubbly water. But the pressure inside this bottle because it's bubbly shows that there is life in that bottle. There's something different about this bottle that whenever you pop the top, it's coming out. You see, David put it this way in Psalm 69. Passion for your house has consumed me. In other words, Jesus did not die for a still, flat water church. Jesus died that you and I would have a pressure built up on the inside that when the top is popped, we spew and bubble out everywhere. You and I are supposed to be spewing all over our workplace. You and I should be spilling out when we go to Disney. We should be spilling out whenever on social media. People, it should not be a concern or a question as to where your faith is in Jesus Christ. It should be understood and known. We're done with the secret service Christians. It's time to come out and go public with I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And we start reaching and using our voice to touch folks. You see, the church who sees the cause will step into the fight, not run away from it. Jesus doesn't run from the issues. He steps into the issues. And you and I, being Jesus' hands extended, we're to mimic who he is. So when tough times hit, we step into it. Do you understand when you step into situations, it will be inconvenient. And it might cost you some time and some money. And you will get other people's reputation on your life. But can I remind you, when you gave your life to Jesus, he took all of you, not just certain days of the week. He gets all of my life, all of my capacity. How can I serve the king and his kingdom? It's not for cultural appropriation. It's for kingdom recognition. It's for him and his glory. Everything I am is to be leveraged for his glory. That's who he saved us to be. Be the church, not just going to church. We've got to dial it up because I refuse, I refuse for Free Life Chapel to be asleep in the storm of people's life. I refused for FLC to be so self-focused that we pat ourselves on the back for coming to church, but we're not inviting, reaching, going after anybody who's dying, hurting, lost at all. We're to go after them. You can't, I can't take the mentality of if they need help, then they'll show up. Ladies and gentlemen, people in Naples can't just show up here and get the help they need. We've got to go to where they are. They're hurting. They have no transportation. They're lost. But I want you to know your co-workers are in the same situation in life. They're not going to come to us. That's why we take good news to them with our joy, our smile, our hope, our ask, our prayer, our reach, our love, our embrace. I don't care what you believe. I don't care what your reputation is. I don't care what your lifestyle is. I love you right where you are and we're here to help and love and watch Jesus love the hell right out of your life. That's what we're here for. We have to make sure that the church is living on mission because it can't be a religious club. It's got to be a search and rescue mission. We were saved to save. We've been healed to heal. And if we don't, it becomes a consumer mindset inside of our faith. And now I'm just looking for something to make me feel good. And if I don't like it, I'm out. Oh, you see, the idea that Jesus had 
was his idea about life and his church is preeminent over everything. And so that means all that I have been taught in life is subjected to his truth. His truth reigns over it all. Possible that I was taught some wrong things in my family. That means I changed my belief to follow what Jesus said about it. It's possible that culture says one thing, but God's word says another. I changed my belief to follow what God's word says. God's word runs it all. And when it comes to his church, what does he say church is? And how does my church act? We do it his way, not ours. We're on mission, folks. What is the church? Let me give you a good acronym for the church. C-H-U-R-C-H. C, Christ-centered. We're all here to honor him. Everything we do is about honoring him. Not Scott, not Cindy, not Free Life Chapel. Honoring him. It's all about Christ. H, we are hope-filled. Our mission and our message is to elevate and bring hope to people's life. Until they have hope, they'll never have faith. They have to start with hope. You, an unbeliever. The church is to be after the unbeliever, the not yet saved. Those who have not been convinced, we invite them. It's a safe place. We love them. We embrace them regardless of who they are, where they're from. They're welcome to Free Life Chapel. C, Christ-centered. H, hope-filled. You, the unbeliever, are the redeemed. The church is about those who already know who Christ is. You said yes to him. You gave him your life. We're here to teach, to train, and deploy. Teach, train, and deploy. Not teach, train, and sit down. Not teach and sit down. Teach, train, and deploy. Get out there. We equip you to go do the work of the ministry. Let's get it done together. We're after the redeemed. And then the other C is about the congregation. It's where we gather together. We're united. We congregate. We come together as one so that we make mass impact together. Love becomes our witness. We remind Polk County, we remind Central Florida that red, yellow, black, and white are all able to come together, love each other, worship together, rep his kingdom in together. We're going to do it together. That's who we are. We're never backing off of that. I'll say it, spray it, spew it, and glue it because it is something that our nation needs to see today that a black man, a white man, a brown man can love each other and love Jesus and serve side by side, have our different cultures, but know that Jesus is the uniter and we do it side by side. And the H is we're here. We're here. We tell our friends, I'm here for you. The church is here. We're not going anywhere. Show up and hit us. We're right here. We're, we're, we're right here to love you. We're right here to help. We're present. We're seen. We're available. We're involved. We are here. Somebody shout, we are here. That's what the church is. Christ-centered, hope-filled, un, after unbelievers, with the redeemed, a congregation, and we are here. That's who we are. Jesus said in Matthew 28, go into all the world. Make disciples. Luke chapter 9, he said, give the world good news and heal them. Luke chapter 14, he said, go into the culture and compel them to come in. John chapter 15, I choose you to reach others. Jesus said that. Acts chapter 1 verse 8, be my witnesses. Ladies and gentlemen, there's nowhere in there where it says, get saved and sit down and breathe. Give your life to me and go after them. Go after them. Reach somebody. Just do something. We have to go where they are, someone has to help. Someone has to move. Someone has to act. And for us to be waiting for someone else to do it is irresponsible based on the kingdom. 
Jesus said, I will build my church. And the church that he builds will always prevail against every obstacle in life. I want you to stand with me if you would. I want to, I want to pray with you today. You that are in this room and, and, and you online. Because I'm talking about us going as a church and impacting our culture. Your co-workers, your family, your friends, people you play ball with, all of that. That's We're on mission. I love going to the gym, but working out is secondary. Because so many times I felt the bell start ringing. Say hello, connect here. What's going on? How you doing? Here's the invite. I got a big old pack of invite cards in my gym bag. Well, you're supposed to. You're the pastor. Oh, no, no, no. I'm a believer before I'm a pastor. I'm a Christ follower. The Christ follower in me is after inviting people to meet Jesus. That's, that's my job. No, 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 no. We're, we're, we're looking. We're reaching. We're always on. You, you can go to Walmart and Jesus can show up. No, he, should, he can show up on vacation. Be surprised who you'll run into. I went, I preached down at Church by the Glades a few weeks ago. While I was down there, Pastor Freddie and I were there. I was checking in. Precious girl was checking us in, and I just immediately felt that. I went, oh my God, here we go, right here in the middle of the lobby. Seriously, I got stuff to do. And I said, how are you doing today? She goes, eh, I'm doing okay. I said, mm-hmm. I'm, like, I'm almost fearing God. I told you, I told you, I told you. Like, like, like okay, I got it. I said, what's going on? She said, I just moved here from Jersey. And I'm really just not, you know, I kind of feel lost. And I said, have you found a church yet? She goes, oh, my God. She said, my dad, I'm going to be really careful. There's a sports team that her father is the chaplain for up in that area. And she said, I was just telling him I just got to find a church. I said, I got a church for you. She teared up and almost lost it right there behind the, 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 the register where she was taking our money. You never know. We're always on mission, always on point. The person who's going to wait on you at the, at the restaurant today, they need Jesus. You're never going to be in an environment where someone is not needing rescued. Jesus, the hope of glory, is inside of us. Searching. So we're on mission. But number two, there's some of you in this room today that you've got your own storm going on. And you need Jesus today to calm the storm in your life in your relationships, at home, your finances, your health, decisions you need to make. You're really going through it right now. We, we paint it up and we, we, we walk as strong as we can, but no one knows you cried yourself to sleep last night. No one knows how desperate you are in this situation, but Jesus does. And he's here. He's here to help you. He's here to be so real to you and reveal himself to you as the Messiah, the hope of everything you need. And even though the circumstances may not leave, his strength will step in and he will anchor you and build a foundation and make you stronger in it to come out the other side with victory and hope. Jesus will do that for you today. Yes, he will. He's done it for me so many times. I know he'll do it for you. I don't want to pray for you today. Whatever you need, talk to him. Reach to him. You online talking to you. Let's go. Jesus, today we are coming to you because you are the source. You are the only source in life. There's no one else that can heal a heart. 
People can rebuild homes, but they can't heal a family. You do that. I'm asking you today, God, to heal hearts and resurrect dreams. Let people feel your presence and the reality of you. Would you, would you stir us to remind us of your love and your grace that's leveraged completely towards us? You never look down on us, but you're working on the inside of us to lift us, to empower us, to celebrate and move us forward. We struggle. We have weaknesses. We have issues. You're aware of that. That doesn't stop you from stepping in, reaching in, and changing things in our life. If we'll just put our faith in you, today we're coming after you, God. We need you, Jesus, to do something in us that will turn this thing around and we will use it as a witness and a testimony to those in our world as we're on this rescue mission that if you did it for me, he'll do it for you. We give this hope away. We give this joy away. We give these answers away. Today, God, touch and heal the hearts that are in this room, those online. Would you do that work that only heaven can do today? We need you. Thank you for being a present help in our time of trouble. In Jesus' name, amen. If, you're, if you love him and you're grateful for him, would you put those hands together today? Oh, he's so good. He's so good. Come on, just a few more seconds. I mean, celebrate him. Celebrate hope. Celebrate life. Celebrate his embrace. Celebrate that grace that keeps coming after you. Keeps coming. Keeps coming. Keeps coming. Mercy's new every single morning. Never bells on you. Weeping endures for the night, but joy is coming in the morning. Hang in there. Keep going.